0: Welcome to the Movie Planet, Season 6, Episode 6. This week, we are talking 2014's What We Do in the Shadows. With Joe. How was your night last night?
1: I transformed into a dog and had sex.
0: Cool. And Steve. Peter. Peter welcome to the movie planet joining me is the vladislav to my deacon steve it has been a while sir wait you okay over there
1: no i'm good i'm more than good you had confused face going i was i will all of a sudden my screen just went all the way to the bottom so i'm like (laughs) trying to Flicker her back. Now to get back up to the top.
0: To be fair, we are this is going to sound a little bit different than the normal shows because normally we do it in person. Steve is via Zoom cuz he's in uh Michigan? No, Maine, Montana, California.
1: Uh ground zero of Hurricane Ian. Ah, Flow <laughs> Rider. Yeah.
0: Um this week our boy our, our bouncing baby boy who last visited us with Eternals Uh, That was your last foray with this one. Uh, Maybe because after Returnals, you were like, I'm done. I don't know. Maybe
1: life happened. That was a good climax. That was a good, that was a good, it was a good movie. It It was was a great podcast. It was
0: a good movie. Good. It was
1: fair. 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 Does that
0: mean satisfactory?
1: I gave it a C. What we do in the shadows,
0: my friend, is what you've decided. What we do in yes. the shadows for the mockumentary movie pantheon, and I actually went online to look to see what other mockumentaries there were. There's a there's there's millions of them. We forgot about Borat.
1: Never seen it. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Bruno. Who? Bruno. Oh,
0: from Encanto. No, we don't talk about Bruno, <laughs> Oh, my fault. Uh, but th- there's a whole ton on there that I noticed. I was like, Oh my gosh, I forgot about all these. So we have plenty to fill this Pantheon up with because right now there's only one movie in there and it's, this is spinal tap.
1: That is the benchmark.
0: Yes. You gave it an a, I'm giving it an a plus. Would you like to change oh. your a to an a plus? Or keep no, it just an A. I'm going to
1: keep it. I'm going to keep it right at an A. I
0: okay. Like okay. Well, <laughs> now that we've handled that business, Steve, let's get down to business. Yeah. <laughs> this week we are talking about 2014's "What We Do in the Shadows," a movie made for about 1.6 million dollars that brought in 7.3 million dollars. Written and directed by Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi. Music by Plan 9. Opened on February 13th, 2014, to three theaters. And then the next weekend it was in six
1: theaters. That's a shame.
0: It did not get a wide release.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is more of a cult following. It probably it had to have gotten most of that 7.3 million once oh, yeah. it went to streaming oh, or yeah. DVD, I guess. I don't know, 2014. Oh no, this is the definition
0: of a cult movie right here. I mean, yes. I this movie didn't make it into American theaters. Let's just
1: say that. Yeah. Oh yeah it would have blown up
0: Possibly You know Mm -hmm. but again It was also here are Three guys no one's heard of outside of Those that watched HBO specials Uh, This was Taika Waititi's third film Okay Yeah now mind you he's only done Eight
1: well yeah but I think If more people in the U.S. Might have seen that I think his mm, His fame Would have taken off Perhaps. they would see what kind of actor it is. And maybe, maybe he might have been tied up during another movie he did, which we all wish he didn't do. Do you know what movie that is? He chose... Poirot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Definitely. I believe it was a Thor? A Thor? Thor was there... Thor,
1: lightning and
0: hate no 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 it was the other way around hate and lightning i think i mean i hated it but yeah i was <laughs> i ran out of there like lightning
1: uh, oh i was supposed to love it and it was supposed to go in the theaters like thunder
0: no no it did not give me the thunder down under on this one no. um this movie starring jermaine clement as Vladislav taika waititi as viago johnny brah johnny Bra as deacon Corey gonzalez mccour as nick Stu rutherford as Stu ben francham as Peter, Jackie Van Beek as Jackie, Elena Stachko as Pauline, and Reese Darby, the incredibly underrated Reese Darby, as Anton, the werewolf, the leader of the werewolf pack, who calls them, we are werewolves, not swearwolves.
1: And that's a great catch line.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of taglines, I had one, and it was some interviews with some vampires. Yep. That's it. That's all this movie was
1: that's what, yep yeah it was the, i think you had said it before it was the office but with vampires yes exactly uh do you remember seeing this for the first time steve what'd you think so i couldn't remember exactly when i saw this the first time but was it with you i feel like it was like it was what, what, what it was when you came down to see solo wasn't uh, it?
0: yes yeah, solo a star wars story
1: well, what an epic was... weekend that was it was great. We saw Solo, which I mean, it's wait enough. A second.
0: actually. I was thinking about this. Was it Solo or was it when you and I saw Brightburn?
1: It just entered my head, too. Well, first off, we should never review Brightburn because that's a movie people don't need to see.
0: Yeah, that movie's a piece of shit.
1: <laughs> it could have been.
0: I, because I was thinking about today, I was like, wait a second. <sighs> Solo we saw, and then it was raining nonstop. Mm-hmm. You and I stopped and you, at the bar to do a a uh, 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 Irish car bomb, because that's what we do. Yep. Uh, we picked up pizza, not from your pizza place, but we, we had to go to the secondary place, because we couldn't get the Washington Carver that night. Oh. Because I left the next morning.
1: Yeah, because I think there was a huge storm coming through, and you wanted to beat it.
0: That was it. The big storm was okay. coming through. Yeah. yeah. And you guys got hammered.
1: That's what happens down here. Yeah, in, in more ways than one. So <laughs> probably it was when you when we saw
0: Brightburn. Yeah. Which meant that I think you stayed a lot longer. I think solo was the weekend that we watched also uh battle of five armies. It possibly could have been. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's one of those two.
0: Well, it's time for inception to perception. Steve, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. Oh, wait, I didn't answer mine. What, when I first saw it. Oh yeah. yeah. So what when did my... you see it? Damn it. Uh, so <laughs> uh, actually I saw it, Sam was on the show, it was his second or third show when he mentioned the movie, What We Do in the Shadows. And I was like, okay, who's it? He goes, well, it's Taika Waititi. And at the time he had not done any of these movies that we we used to like, um, <laughs> these Voldemort movies. And so I was like, okay, so I rented it for $3.99 and unlike Newsies, I actually felt like I got my money worth.
1: <laughs> no, Newsies you did twice. Yes, yes, that
0: was $7 well spent. Uh, no. <laughs> now it's time for Inception to Perception. Okay, here we go. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies, I make films. The film is based on a 2005 short film, What We Do in the Shadows, Interviews with Some Vampires, written and directed by Waititi and Clement and starring Johnny Bra, Corey Gonzalez, Stu Rutherford in their roles of and Nick and Stu respectively. The feature film adaptation was shot in Wellington in September 2012, which meant that he did like one or two or three or four like short films. And then when he started doing studio films, he was like, hey, I've got an idea. Let's do this again and make it an hour and a half.
1: See, now that you mentioned that he did a short film of this, I want to go back and watch it because I don't think I've ever seen that.
0: I've never seen it myself either, but I imagine it's going to have a lot of the exact same jokes as this, just on an even lesser budget.
1: I still want to look it up.
0: Yeah. Uh, Stu Rutherford, an IT technician and high school friend of Waititi's in real life, was initially told he would only have a bit part in the film so he would act more natural when filming. He did not realize his role was so important until the film's premiere.
1: is a very pivotal part of this movie.
0: Which makes you wonder how much footage they probably filmed on this for Stu to think he was not much in the movie.
1: Yeah, like, what would be an unedited version of this film?
0: Well, the reason I ask this is because Thor Love and Thunder, we have heard rumors of the fact that they shot like four hours of footage for that movie and they pieced Mm -hmm. it together. And I'm wondering if Taika Waititi did the exact same thing here.
1: Oh, that could be like his thing.
0: yeah. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows raised $447,000 towards the film from over 7,000 supporters via the crowdfunding website Kickstarter. So half of their, nearly half their money came from a crowdfunding website. Don't you wish you could just raise that money on your own? Just be like, hey, I'm Steve. I could use some cash, and here's $440,000.
1: I'm really curious on the breakdown of who got paid what, where all the money went. I mean, Right. 1.6 million, I mean, to me, it's us is is a lot of money. In yeah. the movie industry, it's 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 pennies. So I'm really curious because there was a little CGI in there. Yeah. Um there was also a little is, stringy in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to where all the money went, like a breakdown. I don't know if you can like I can't, on the internet I'd
0: have to, I'd have to subscribe to a different website to find out what the financial oh, breakdowns okay.
1: would be. And
0: uh, sure. yeah, I already subscribed to Zoom for this. So I, I think I'm good for subscriptions. Yeah. Uh, okay, you ready to get in the movie? I'm ready. Let's get weird. You nags and nags. I went in the lounge yesterday and there was blood all over my nice antique couch. Which one, the red one? Well, it's red now, yeah.
1: If you're going to eat a victim on my nice
0: green couch, put down some newspaper on the floor and some towels. It's not hard to do. We're vampires. We don't put down towels. Some vampires do. we not not serious ones. A documentary crew follows four vampire roommates, Viago, Vadislav, Deacon, and Peter, who share a flat in the Wellington suburb of Tearo and have granted per- protection to the crew who are wa- wearing crucifixes for the duration of the filming. Um, I think it's pretty natural how they introduce each of these characters with Viago waking them all up, one at a time. Because the chambers that they are sleeping in are clear indications of who they are as characters.
1: Yeah, when Viago like wakes up, <laughs> or when he turns off the buzzer. It's like, he's so annoyed, but he's in the coffin. And then um, he kind of gets up and he smiles. Yeah. Like, hey, look at me. The, the better part is when he goes to the curtain the first time and opens up I'm going to see if it's nighttime and he goes yes! <laughs> now I'm like the tone is set I'm ready to be entertained and I, this is like a minute or two into the film. You know
0: what's hard for me is watching this pre Thor Love and Thunder and then watching it post Thor Love and Thunder because pre Th- Lord and Thunder I was like you know what that is hysterical. Every affect he makes with his face is funny as heck Mm-hmm. After that movie, I just want to punch his face at this point. I just want to punch him in his stupid grin and just knock out one of those vampire teeth just for like wait I, I just hate you so much. I hate him so much right now, but he also makes me laugh still and so I hate myself.
1: Yeah I mean can only do 7.5 million in movies right so often until you gotta finally say, okay, let's do something big uh the flat
0: yeah. let's talk about the flat meeting. Which is great because we've never seen them actually act normal, and because they've always been on the hunt in movies. And in this, it's just they're sitting around a table.
1: These are vampires doing everyday things in the modern world, but it's funny. It's is, just
0: brilliant. Is Peter going to be joining us tonight?
1: He's no, eight, he's eight thousand years old. He's not going to be joining us. Well, can we and talk about go, the dishes? <laughs> oh god. Well, yeah. Then Viago makes this little like real cardboard cutout of all the duties. Yes. And that's freaking hilarious. <laughs> well, he says, you haven't done the dishes in five years. I'm like <laughs> I mean, if that was five years worth of dishes, that's actually not that bad. <laughs> well I can't but, ab- well I can't imagine they're using dishes for a whole lot. No, because this is, you know, I think what uh, Vladislav says, it's embarrassing when you come over here. And the deacon says, you invite people over and then you kill them. (laughs) And he goes, oh, that's true. (laughs) Perhaps you could lay
0: some paper down on the floor.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's the neat freak of the entire. Yes, 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 he is. Uh, Yeah, but I think it's safe to say that all three of these guys, they're just idiots in their own way. And it's just glorious.
0: Well, it's interesting because for the first time we're seeing people who've lived for a long time who have zero wisdom. Yeah, you know they they. And I remember there was another movie that we talked about, and maybe it maybe was with Caitlin at one point. We were doing a movie where I was like, "They've lived this long, how come they don't know any better?" And I don't
1: remember what movie pro- what movie it was. It was probably Jurassic Park Dominion. It with, uh, like Alan, that. with with Alan Grant and Ellie Sadler because they've been around so long and they're still making the same dumb decisions
0: yeah because I remember sitting there going nothing has changed with these people they're all morons
1: um,
0: okay uh, Deacon <laughs> he is the weakest of the group when it comes to the comedy would you agree
1: yeah he's the silliest for sure
0: yes but and Vladislav is my favorite everything he says is a punchline He says things like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I swept the floor, you know, when they're talking about cleaning the blood off the floor, I swept the floor, or, hey, we should get slaves.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, he's talking about sleeping the floor because he carried a body down the hallway. (laughs) I was known as
0: Vladislav the poker. (laughs) For poking people.
1: (laughs) Which comes back
0: later. (laughs) Yes, it does. And sadly enough, a joke that doesn't work anymore.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. That that is the part that's dated, but. I think that's what's great about these films is this introduction part of all these little things and then they're addressed later in the movie. Like you get another part of that punchline again. That's yeah. what makes comedy great.
0: But we also see them also, they're contentious. They get mad and they levitate out of their chairs and just start hissing at each other's. And it's so obvious they're on strings because they're wavering throughout the air. As they're up oh, yeah.
1: Sometimes they have to push against the wall to balance themselves.
0: (laughs) Right. I noticed that. And uh, then we get the title sequence with the song that stay dead, stay dead, stay dead. I love this song for this movie.
1: I was after watching it this time, I was like, I'd hear that. I was like, this is, it's annoying, (laughs) but I kind of get it at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. I I hated it. And I love that. It ends with the one photo of them all
0: leaning on the gets the car, like a seventies rock band. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, we learn about Viago's story about Catherine, his long lost love, and her silver locket that he can't
1: wear. <laughs> yeah, it's just stupid stuff that he's just like, that's about as long as I can wear it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, it's laying on his chest. He's like,
1: ah. <laughs> uh, but I love her and now I'm going to wear it.
0: <laughs> right. Now, before going out that evening, they talk about fashion and how they can't see how they look when they leave the house. I. This is another quirky thing they threw in there. They draw pictures of themselves to show each other what they look like, but the
1: drawings are awful. The, the drawings are something that my son would do. Let's, <laughs> be, let's just inform the audience: he's in kindergarten.
0: Hundreds of years of doing this, and that's the best they can do.
1: I mean, it's. I a, believe that it's I mean, funny. I'm a uh, no, it's hilarious.
0: Each night, Viago, Vladislav, and Deacon take the bus into town and prowl the streets of Wellington for people to kill because they cannot enter buildings without invitation and must stay in the flat during the day to avoid sunlight. The three have just not adapted to 21st century life. That's kind of a cop-out, though, because it's not like when everyone goes to bed, all of a sudden we're back in the 1600s. They're walking amongst people out there.
1: Yeah, back in the day. And the the day. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's asleep now. Everybody's Half the population is awake still at night. So they've adapted. They've gone out. They're clubbing.
0: But they're also picking bars that aren't exactly hopping. Like they go to the one bar, and I swear, Steve, it looked like a central Michigan bar on a Wednesday at one in the morning. It was like exactly
1: the vibe I got.
0: There was nothing there. There's a pool table, two old townies playing it, and they're just sitting there dancing to some disco.
1: Yeah, there's no like actual DJ that's actually really loud. It's just the background, somebody putting on like music in the background.
0: It's just sad. It's sad to watch these old
1: hipsters cruising the streets. I think what's even sadder is that when you see them all get ready, to go out for the night, and they're like, okay, we're all ready. And then they're riding the bus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're yeah. just sitting in the back of the bus.
0: Yeah, and it's moments like those where my mind, which is used to watching vampire movies, is sitting there going, okay, which guy is going to snap first and kill someone on the bus on accident? And it never happens.
1: I'll tell you, for being your typical vampire, they do do a pretty good job of containing themselves. Yes. Uh, You know, with all these people around.
0: Deacon's human familiar, Jackie, runs errands for the vampires and cleans up the gore left behind by their feeding. A married mother, Jackie hopes to attain immortality, but is frustrated that Deacon will will not turn her into a vampire as promised. Deacon requests that Jackie bring virgins to the flat so that the vampires can feed on them. (laughs) Why virgins? I don't know.
1: Really? I I, I don't know. More pure, I guess. (laughs) What did you think of Jackie in this scene?
0: Okay. Jackie... I love Jackie because you could tell she's reacting the way that I can picture someone who is a married housewife struck stuck in this family wants to do, which is, I just want to get out of this and start over. And I love the desperation of she's at her peak physically. She's not going to get any better looking at this point. You got to turn me soon.
1: (laughs) Well, that's true. If you could, if you could pick a time in your life, when would you want to freeze it and become a vampire? Ooh, that's a good question.
0: I'm gonna say 26. That's fair.
1: 26. I probably probably would say 22, lower 20s, 21 maybe.
0: So the same age range we are now (laughs) in between us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How about this, Steven? If we ever go back in time and this happens, I'll turn you into familiar and then turn you. How about that? I'm in. All right. What do you think about Viago?
1: Iago is just he's a hopeless romantic I mean you kind of got that vibe when he was talking about his long lost love when you learn about him and he just he's always thinking about her but whenever he does get his victim he always says even though I'm going to kill her I like to make it more enjoyable (laughs) but then he bites
0: into her neck and the blood (laughs) shoots out Oh, shit.
1: (laughs) I mean, he wants to make it this enjoyable thing. And he talks to her, plays the guitar, does all this. And then at the same time, it's like, okay, I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. Okay. Can we just get on with it? He's like, okay, well, if you don't, I'll just move this here and let's get on with it. (laughs) I'm (laughs) going to kill you. Yeah. Bites (laughs) into
0: her neck and then it's. Oh, shit. It's blood flying everywhere. And I love it. He goes, I think I hit a major artery. <laughs> then it cuts to him. Oh God. Standing in the hallway covered in blood, he goes, on the upside, I think she had a very good time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that blood was it almost it reminded me of like evil dead blood. Yes. It was there was a
0: lot of it there. <laughs> Definitely. And we also get to see Vladislav using hypnosis. on on the the girl in the house, see me. But he can't hypnotize anymore after being defeated by the beast. He's not good at it anymore. At one point he knocks on the wall to get the guy's attention.
1: Yeah, and how do you like whenever he meant, uh, anybody ever mentions the word, the beast, it goes to some demonic picture of this entity. And it's just like the nastiest, most deformed creature that there is.
0: With a penis in its chest. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: Every time it goes to that when they mention it You're just like, I can't wait to see how they pull this one off
1: Yeah, um, we're, I'm, I'm, when I'm seeing this over and over again It's like, dang, I, if they ever run into this beast character It's going to be some foul, disgusting thing Oh yeah, uh, I was expecting
0: like something in a rubber suit You know, yeah. but horrifying we for are, the moment
1: We are, We literally thought it was going to be some beast
0: Are you tired of doing the same thing day after day are you looking for a new purpose does your family just take you for granted is this life just not what you wanted it to be then change your life with the promise of eternal life you can outlive your friends your family and even your worst enemies without ever aging another day forget those radical diets and supplementary pills they don't work at all instead sign up for familiars When you sign up for Familiars, take a good look in the mirror because it won't be long before you no longer have a reflection to worry about. Each Familiar will be assigned one sponsor who, after several months of being taken care of, will grant you the gift of eternal life. So long as you don't mind having to change your diet after the gift has been given. Vegans, vegetarians, and pescatarians need not apply. Familiars, kill some time to give yourself unlimited time. She lures a woman who insulted her in primary school and her ex-boyfriend Nick to the flat, though neither are actually virgins. (laughs) The woman is killed and Nick is chased throughout the flat and manages to get outside only to be caught by Peter, who turns him into a vampire. (laughs) This scene is the horror scene of this movie. Yes. Yeah, Uh, now Jackie, what I love here, Jackie isn't over high school still. (laughs) Great motivation for her character.
1: Yeah, this was the, uh she convinced the girl who was always making fun of her. Yeah. And had that on the conversation, yeah.
0: I love how the conversation on the phone goes from, hey, do you remember me? From elementary school, fifth grade? Yeah, you called me this. Hey, come on over for a dinner party.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, it was you, yeah, no, it was really you. (laughs) Uh,
0: Then we see them get the people there and they decide to pull off a lost boy strip by turning the spaghetti into worms. And then he takes it a step further, says, how does it feel to have a snake for a penis? The guy freaks out. The funny thing is they don't change, they don't do anything with the special effects with this. You still see the spaghetti sitting there. That's it,
1: there's no worms.
0: It's just his reaction.
1: Oh, so I thought he was doing something with like Nick's mind to make him think like he actually did that. Well, right. he was actually eating worms. That's what it was, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah,
0: because Deacon is the best at hypnosis, apparently.
1: Well, he has to be. And yeah, Kurt. Well, he used to be Vladislav. He,
0: yes, it was him until the Beast.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Now Deacon's the best.
0: <laughs> the Beast. Um, Nick's escape through the house. Let's talk about Nick's escape through the house. What do you like about Nick's escape?
1: This was freaky. Yes. Like how they shot it with the camera and the light and all that stuff, and going from room to room and a room, doors locked here, doors locked here. This was the part of the movie where it's like, it got serious for me. Yeah. It was, this wasn't funny. And until, and then all that changed when they would just pop out onto somewhere. I'm like, okay. Well, I think the <laughs> just first, just the facial expressions. The, but. the first pop out is the backpack, isn't it? Uh, or
0: is it when he runs past Vladislav as the cat?
1: No, I think there was like I think I want to say Viago might have just popped out and just like hissed behind a door or, yes. or like came down a hallway and just chased him that way. Um, that was even scary in itself. It wasn't until he got to the room and locked himself in. They're all banging on the door and he just goes, fuck off. And then it stops. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like <laughs> See for you know, me. For, I love
0: the scene in the backpack where that you see the hand come out of the backpack and then he throws the backpack against the wall and it's Deacon crawling out of it, crawling at him. And I'm just sitting there going, how did they do that?
1: That's a cool shot. It really is. I I wonder, they they had to have had like, if it, if it was CGI, they had to have been like some guy like wearing a green suit, but his arm was going through the backpack. So you could, I don't know. It was, that was a cool shot. Probably my, the
0: coolest shot in the whole film. I think they really could have done more with this scene, but they kept undercutting it with humor because that scene is scary right there. But when he runs past Vladislav as the cat and you see the cat meow and it's got Vladislav's face because apparently as we learned earlier, he used to be able to transform himself in any, anything, but he could never quite get the faces right. <laughs> and you just see him going Meow. <laughs>
1: So is it, is it Vladislav who can transform yes. and, Deacon it's, and Vlades- Deacon? it's Vladislav that can do it. Well, didn't in the beginning when um, Viago opened up the door, he says, how was your night last night? He goes, I turned into a dog and had sex. Oh, Deacon can do it too then. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was, I was confused. On yeah. Cause the
0: transform. joke was the face thing. And then you see a cat with his face on, you're like, well, that must be yes. Vladislav right
1: there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> what do you think about the quotability of this movie?
1: So it is just amazing. Like towards the end, after Nick falls down the stairs. Yes. Dramatically, like in any horror chase, you got to fall down somewhere and he runs outside. He's going all of a sudden, Peter comes out and just (laughs) Just grabs him. Tackles him. And then the guys just go, oh no, Peter got (laughs) him. Poor guy. Who let Peter out? (laughs) (laughs) it's one of my favorite lines and it's just like i remember when i first saw that i was like hysterically rolling on the floor tears crying laughing just because of like it just went from horror to like modern and just with the comedy well they're they're also
0: they're also like every time they go to talk to peter they're always very cautious
1: yes they are because he's so old and he's probably so old school i mean he, he turned looks like he that. turned deacon didn't he uh yes, yes, yes. he did yeah yeah um remind, he reminds he's supposed to look like that old vampire Nos- movie nosferatu yes that's yeah. another one i haven't seen but that's like like the original vampire and also Peter should be a linebacker for the Detroit Lions on how he took out Nick.
0: Damn straight, he should be. It's time to sign that motherfucker <laughs> he was, up.
1: He was great.
0: It was, it was so, it, but again, it's one of his where it's like, as soon as that happened, my first thought watching that was this is a scene out of paranormal activity where someone's running through the house and shit's just happening. And yes. if they had cut out the humor throughout that scene leading up to Peter tackling and flying him away, and then you get the, Oh, Peter got him. I think it lands even harder. That humor lands even harder then because you weren't laughing throughout the scary parts.
1: Would it be, or would it be kind of a little out of place because it's just such a serious scene, and all of a sudden, boom, you're hit with something funny? What the th- fact that they had a little bit of humor in there kind of took it away a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. Of,
0: I think it was YTD, Waititi YTD himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's talk to our hammer for a second Now let's talk to our so, What are you doing? Thor, what the hell are you doing? Okay, not, not Thor podcast Okay, two months later The vampires accept Nick Into their group and bond with his human Friend Stu, a computer analyst Who shows them how to use modern technology Stu's great
1: <laughs> Stu is He's such an intricate part of this whole Film and I love how he's introduced Yes Um I, what do you think okay. about Nick? <laughs> let, me, let me talk about Nick for a second. As much as I don't like Nick, it's very, this, this is a very interesting part of the film because I like to see him on how he adapts to being a vampire. Yeah. I think that's really cool. That's something that we haven't seen. Um, I think the only film I could think of that's popular would maybe be Interview with a Vampire. Okay, I okay. Think there's a, I think there's a transformation in there, but this was really cool on how when he gets bit, he goes to the hospital. <laughs> yes. He's like, his whole entire neck is just like all veined out. And he says, <laughs> Yeah, they can see the inside of my throat. And the doctor's like, What the hell? <laughs> you know, <laughs> to see his transformation and how he got to where he is when he tries to climb through the window because he hasn't gotten to flying down yet. <laughs> yeah, he's just but, floating that, there. <laughs> again, the definite definite usage of strings. And yes. that was probably that was probably legit him trying to get in on strings, It's probably difficult. <laughs> More likely, yes. Uh yeah. for me,
0: I, uh, Stu, I, I like Stu mainly because I one, I don't understand why he's I mean, he's not a familiar. He is just Nick's best friend, right? That's all he is. I don't understand why they take a liking to him right away because he doesn't introduce himself as the computer person until a good five minutes, 10 minutes goes by. Uh, But they're kind of like, oh yes, he brought Stu over. That's fantastic. But what I love is that Stu doesn't know any of them are vampires because he's been hypnotized by Nick.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you kind (laughs) of see that. And it's like when he says, oh, you can't see, you can't hear anything. Part of me is like, every time I watch that scene, it's like, okay. I wonder if he's really hypnotized because Nick's a new <laughs> vampire if he hasn't done it right if he actually knows but Nick doesn't think that he doesn't know I'm right. just like that's <clears throat> I don't know if that's was the point of the scene or that's just what I took away from it but it was pretty fun. Well I, I,
0: people I, I are I like awful. people about. are awfully calm around these vampires
1: Steve, Stu is so monotone he shows very he shows no expression until the very end. Yes. So it's it's tough to read them. Uh,
0: The vampires also regularly encounter and trade insults with a pack of werewolves led by Anton as part of an ancient rivalry between werewolves and the undead. This was very much a Jets and Sharks moment in like West Side Story where they're just walking along and they happen to walk past each other. And the best part is I think the vampires, they smell them out first. Deacon's sitting there going, He smells him yeah. out yeah. and then he says something like, don't you have a lawn to shit on or something like that as they're walking by and that's when they get into it. It's like, guys, we're not gonna fight. We're not gonna fight tonight. And it's like, oh, why couldn't we get that movie? I wanna see that movie yeah. too.
1: Oh yeah, like a little spinoff.
0: Yes, and then we get Ray saying, we're werewolves, not great line. <laughs> great line. Great line, great uh, that's, line. That's two quotable lines in this movie. Mm-hmm. PETA got him, and we're werewolves, not
1: swale wolves. <laughs> oh, there was one before that we'd missed this break before they go out the night. Hello, ladies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> pardon me for a second. Every day, more and more people are learning to live with the undead. As the scourge of vampirism and lycanthropy continue to spread across the land, it may seem like you're all alone. We promise you're not. Sure, you could call pest control when a bat begins to attack you outside or when a rather large dog takes a massive dump on your lawn, but wouldn't you rather make sure that behavior doesn't happen again? Here at the UPC, the Undead Pest Control, we can handle all your needs. Werewolves, vampires, chupacabra, bigfoot, mummies, zombies, you name it, we can handle it. Nowadays, werewolves and vampires are the popular issues, and just one phone call. Call, we can send a consultant out to your home to vampire and werewolf-proof your home. And unlike those other pest control companies, we're guaranteed to kill whatever ails you. For werewolves that wander onto your lawn, we'll install silver spikes that rise from the ground at 600 miles per hour to impale whatever tends to want to use your lawn as a commode. These only will be operational, of course, during full moon, so you won't have to worry about your kids in the yard getting a surprise poke. For vampires, we can make sure that your house is fenced with crucifixes, thus telling any of those blood eaters they are not welcome. And if they persist, then you can spring for our neighborhood watch package, which includes your very own vampire Are assigned to your house from dusk until dawn. Undead pest control. Call today and never worry about those pests again. Until mummy season. Stu bonds with the group as a friend of Nick's. (laughs) He (laughs) shows.
1: just iconic, I don't know what
0: to say. I have yes. fun making these.
1: <laughs> I know you
0: do. <laughs> he shows them how to use computers. Viago uses the internet to hunt down his former love interest, Catherine, who is now a 96-year-old widow living in a rest home in Wellington. He also finds and briefly reconnects with Philip, his old servant, who placed the wrong po- postage on Viago's coffin and extended his journey to New Zealand, leaving Catherine the time to find a new love before Viago could arrive. This is also when we see them being introduced to the internet for the first time, Steve, and they watch the movie of the sunrise like they're watching porn.
1: Yeah, it's, (laughs) when Stu finally gets accepted to the group, it's just this whole other world opens up, all the internet. Yeah. And it's very evident that it's taken hold of these guys even later on when um, Vladislav is searching the internet and you can tell he's gotten very old by not eating.
0: Is that I when he's? Is that, that when he refuses to go to the the thing?
1: To the ball. Yes. Yeah, the ball. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah.
0: Some bidding. <laughs> remember when that was a thing online?
1: I remember doing that since sports. <laughs>
0: oh, that's yeah. That was one of them. Um, but even better, the sunrise thing. They don't just check any movie out of a sunrise, Steve. They pick one with music behind it, and the music is music straight from like an adult film. Oh really? I if didn't you, even notice that. If you watch that scene again, like you watch the sunrise up, and you hear like, "Oh look at that sunrise!"
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, it's doing it's doing that in the entire thing, and I'm sitting there going, "Wow, they really made sure that they took the things that are taboo for vampires and turned it into something that humans could understand with a taboo."
1: Yeah.
0: I thought that was very, very smart to do.
1: I'll have to go back and check that out.
0: Yes. Uh, Viago longs for his geriatric Catherine. He's standing outside her window, Steve, just longing (laughs) as she slowly shuffles across the floor.
1: (laughs) I was waiting for her at the very end. Like, what if there was like a balcony? It's like a little Romeo Juliet type thing where she finally comes out.
0: (laughs) Or I was waiting for him to like levitate up, scare her, and then she dies in the window. Oh, God. Oh, no. (laughs) I got her. Despite being able to get his new friends into more popular bars and clubs, Nick struggles to adapt to life as a vampire. Nick is also held in contempt by Deacon who resents Nick's newfound popularity and his careless revealing of his vampirism to strangers he meets. One of these strangers, a vampire hunter, breaks into the flat basement during the day and kills Peter by exposing him to sunlight.
1: I now hate Nick. (laughs) One, because he's that arrogant prick which I think you brought it up. Mm-hmm. They are—they already had an arrogant freaking Deacon. It was Deacon. <laughs> the young guy. So they brought in a younger, younger guy and uh, he's just going down the street drunk. Oh, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. And you know, it was almost like, ha ha, that's what you get. <laughs> when they're at the restaurant and he decides to eat a fry. <laughs> <laughs> and then he realizes that he can't eat normal food and pukes out all this blood. Yes.
0: <laughs> where he just takes the fry I mean, and you hear, uh, what's his name? Viago go, that's a bad idea.
1: <laughs> yeah. You don't want to do that. <laughs>
0: but he's very cocky and the arrogance behind it. I mean, him walking around as a vampire bragging about this to the public. That's where my brain kind of goes, well, hold on a second. Are the vampires in the shadows or not? Cause n- It seems like if someone walked up to me and they had pointy teeth and they said that, I'd be like, what month is it? Yeah. And then it's not October. This guy's a fanatical idiot. I got to get out of here. No one seems to run from these people.
1: No, the only guy that I can think off the top of my head who actually is freaked out or anything is when when Nick transforms his face into something demonic and the clerk attendant's like, what the hell was that? that's the only time you see somebody freaked out. But, you know, I guess the only takeaway I can maybe accept it is whenever he does this one, he's drunk and he's in a bar and people say stupid things in bars around other drunk people. Do they really take him seriously? No. Hey, he's just having a good time. Oh, that guy. Yeah. He's a vampire. Okay. Whatever. You know, I think that's the, that's why they he's doing it where he's doing it because you can say anything in those times. I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned.
0: <laughs> That's him throughout this entire stage, just walking around saying I'm invincible. Even to the yeah. point where, like, this is how a millennial would act as a vampire. Yes, He's just exactly. telling everybody to up his like quotient. Yep. <laughs> and then he, yell, he yells at somebody like, Twilight!
1: <laughs> I love the dig at Twilight's at this. I love the digs.
0: Uh, then we seen Deacon and Nick fighting as bats. Yes. They get in a fight and Deacon transforms a new human, grabs bat Nick and throws him to the wall. And it is such a cool special effect because he's a bat all the way until he hits that wall. Then there's a poof of smoke that you saw straight out of X2 with Nightcrawler. And now it's yes. Nick laying there. And I was like, how yes. did they do that on $1.6 million dollars?
1: Well, I'm pretty sure that the money that they raised all went towards that scene. The 4,700, 4,700,000. Pro- probably. Uh, yeah.
0: Now we also Jackie again questions Deacon and this is when uh, I feel bad for Jackie because it's when Deacon tells Jackie that Nick jumped in front of her in the vampire turning line. Yeah. Why is there a line?
1: Yeah. I didn't know there would I does he just enjoy
0: having it? someone take care of all their shit? Because he doesn't want to clean up it's anything? That's
1: exactly, exactly what it is. He's just Your using... her. That's yuing. why. It's... <laughs> Bumblebee dinner. <laughs> 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 but, um... No, yeah, he just doesn't want to take care of anything. And that's why he's so pissed off when, you know, later on she's changed. But it's just, uh... Yeah, he doesn't want to clean up his shit. He wants everybody to do everything for, her, for uh-huh. him. So... That's why he's been caving around for 10 years. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Does that suck?
0: The vampires are furious when they discover Nick has indirectly caused Peter's death. And Deacon tries to kill Nick before being interrupted by a police welfare check. (laughs) But Viago... <laughs> but Viago hypnotizes them into not noticing anything out of the ordinary. The police gloss over the corpses of Peter and the Vampire hunter, instead warning the vampires about the numerous fire hazards inside the flat. <laughs> uh, this is the death of Peter. We see him burning at the bottom of the stairwell and is straight out of a horror movie.
1: Yes, it is. And they're just trying to take buckets of water. It wasn't even a bucket. I thought to... it was like a glass. Like a it might have been. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Quick, get like water.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and they all want to go down there. It's it's actually a very, you know, w- with that being funny, it, it was a very more serious scene. Yeah. Um, With not a lot. The, the only humor in it was when I think uh, Vladislav goes up to the camera and says, turn it off, turn it off. This is a fatal <laughs> daylight accident.
0: <laughs> yes, we also, this is another cool effect that I always love when I see this in a movie, which is the rotating room effect, where they're okay. fighting against the walls and then the ceiling. And you know it's the room just rotating around, but the camera stays in one place to make oh, you think that it's yeah. they're climbing all over the place. Because we saw it in Inception. Inception, it's the best it's ever looked. But in this, it looks just as good. It's a pretty cool effect. Um, the police and the vampires so they're walking through the house what does viago say when he hit every hypnotizes them doesn't he he say he's not good at it
1: (laughs) he goes yeah he's like he's talking to karen says so i don't know how long this might last i'm not very good at hypnosis so we'll we'll see it could wear off at any second so we'll see (laughs) (laughs) he actually did a pretty good job and they're
0: walking around and every time that they see something That's supposed to be us going, oh, they're staring at the vampires. It's a fire hazard missing. (laughs) <laughs> or like yeah. those smoke, smoke detector. detectors, <laughs> <You're> missing that. <laughs> or they they point the flashlight down at Peter's body and they go, "What's this?" And they go, "Look at this! You got a bucket full of paint here. The paint's gonna get flammable. It's on top of the fuse box." And Viago goes, "Oh, we need to check that out and change that later."
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah. And Deacon, De- Deacon's so like fixated. And says, "Can we just kill them already?" <laughs> Let's then, see what I'll other safety there's... points they have, and we'll <laughs> <It's> like, exactly. <laughs>
0: It's like, this is the first time that anybody's been in the house to like, make sure it's not condemnable.
1: <laughs> well, look at, When you look at that house, it's like, it's so freaking old and nothing's been done to it. Who knows oh. how long they've been living there. Well, once the police leave, Nick is tried by the remaining
0: vampires. <sighs> he is banished from the flat using the infamous procession of shame. Those two is permitted to come as he pleases. And I believe the procession of shame should be done in schools everywhere where three teachers will circle a child point to them and just say shame several times. And then let the kid walk off. <laughs> <laughs> the key to the humor in this movie though, I think is that everything sounds worse than it
1: actually is. Oh yeah. When they're talking about it, like Viago's like, I didn't want to do that to him, but they insisted. Yes, <laughs> He's the, like totally against all this. The exaggeration of so, so, the so joke stupid. is always
0: greater and never lesser. Like it's the beast, it's the procession of shame. It's just them, shame, shame. I got more emotion out of the woman in Game of Thrones saying shame. Yeah. Who, by the way, do you know who that is? No. It's the owner from Ted Lasso.
1: Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) Wow, oh yeah. Yeah, when you look at game, you're like, holy crap, that's her.
1: Yeah, and that line is from Game of Thrones is used all the time. Absolutely, I have so a bell in my room, Steve. Oh, you do? Oh, I do. And Can I you sp- do the procession of shame? Sparingly,
0: I will gong, shame, <laughs> shame. <laughs> when an answer is so wrong, it's worthy of that, that's when we do it.
1: So I wonder if they like, if Viago thinks it's like such a huge thing because maybe like, I don't know, 200 years ago, when you were insulted, it destroyed your character. And you were just, just like in Game of Thrones, you just walk through and you're shamed, you're pretty much done. But nowadays it's like, yeah, okay. It well, doesn't have that same effect. You
0: almost wonder like this movie being made when it was, you know, this is, it appeared to be at the birth of, cause 2014, we're now what, eight years into Facebook? which was 2006. So I wonder like in a, if these guys knew how social networking worked, would they have like turned into like, I saw this on TV on Gossip Girl, we're going to socially (laughs) network, bully the person with shame. And they just do it so wrong that the person has become more popular. (laughs) Uh, And Jackie, of course, is still cleaning the floors. (laughs) Still scrubbing away on those those floors like Cinderella.
1: Yeah, really, and then she just kind of stops and looks because it's just a flipping (laughs) massacre in that bathroom. Just goes. It
0: keeps going. Uh, several months later, the vampires receive an invitation to the unholy uh, to the annual unholy masquerade hosted for the local undead population of vampires, zombies, and witches. Vladislav refuses to attend after learning that the Beast, a vampire that destroyed much of his power, will be attending as guest of honor and attempts to stay home, bidding on online auctions. Uh, we see Vladislav letting himself go because of his ex, the Beast.
1: Oh, it's freaking priceless when he is handed the invitation and finds out who it is. Yes. And then he just leaves the camera scene and then you just hear him going off in the background. The boys are just like, yeah, this is not good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't have said that because we don't even know it's an ex still. We just know it as the beast. Yeah. We get another picture of the, the penis chested alien thing. And then we get more to the story about the defeat that he had at the beast and how he yeah, was impaled
1: think-
0: by the beast on a, on a spike and was insulted by the beast. <laughs> and she said all this while I was impaled on this spike. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. That's when you learn the backstory that it is an ex-girlfriend.
0: Yeah. The legend keeps growing here. And so here we are about to go to the ball and we're like, okay, we're going to see the beast and, Well, we'll get there. When Viago and Deacon arrive, they find in attendance Nick, Stu, and Jackie, who, much to Deacon's chagrin, has been turned into a vampire by Nick. The Beast is soon revealed to be Vladislav's ex-girlfriend, Pauline, (laughs) who has gone through multiple violent breakups with Vladislav. When Pauline realizes that Stu and the camera crew are human, the other party guests threaten to kill and feed on them. The flatmates are soon joined by Vladislav, who saunters in like a boss and then fights with Pauline's new boyfriend, Julian, to protect the humans. Julian almost kills Vladislav, but Stu saves him by impaling Julian with a large stick. Stu to the rescue.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he is just glorified in this. And this is what brought Stu to a whole new level in the group.
0: Yes. And one more reason for Deacon to hate Nick, by the way, he stole his Jackie.
1: Yeah, really.
0: Which doesn't make sense because this is where I get into like later on where I talk about how they really didn't know how to end this movie because after this happens, Deacon and Nick have a heart-to-heart conversation. This is not when that should have been. The, 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 the stealing should have happened much earlier and Deacon could have learned to shepherd Nick through this, but it's like within like a half hour later, they're gonna do this.
1: Oh, what, their little heart-to-heart on the-
0: On the hillside.
1: Yeah, well, that's, yeah, they did that because he was, Nick was so heartbroken about Stu. Yes, um, Yeah.
0: Taika's face was made for cheap looks at the camera. Mm-hmm. He just was. Um, okay. <laughs> we get the, I love this line also. Hello beast. Hello asshole. <laughs> and then you start to hear other people calling her asshole <laughs> throughout <Yeah>. the party. <laughs> thinking
1: that's her real name, yeah.
0: Well, Steve, I'm gonna bring up something you're not gonna be happy with here. I got a I gotta plot hole. The vampires made the same Sorry. mistake that they hated Nick for bringing a human into a purely vampiric situation. This movie just made its first major plot mistake,
1: finally. Yeah, I remember when we talked about this earlier the other day, and I was like, yeah, that's, you know, they even did that when, you know, they want to be in the shadows, they want to be hidden the entire entire time, but then they have this camera crew around. Yeah, Hmm. yep, uh uh-huh.
0: But my thing is, if I was Stu, I would have never agreed to come because he knows they're vampires at this point. I mean... And they're not exactly the best of the best with vampires. He's not going to get much protection out of these three. That's, I mean,
1: Stu, outside of his vampire group, I'm assuming, doesn't have a whole lot of friends. Perhaps not. Because, I mean, he is a computer analyst, you know, working for uh, I'm that I'm, what he says and tries to explain to the beast. It's just it goes over my head a couple times, and I that's the whole intention. Yes, you know, um, but it's just like oh, this is the best I got. You know, if I go with a bunch of vampires, they'll have my back. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, that what he, did, he is with the Vladimir Vladislav the Poker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: the. <laughs> You can poke, you can you can like someone, you can wave to them, you can poke them, you you can poke them. Huh? <laughs> he gives a <laughs> smile to the camera.
1: <laughs> In the and case, I just, I just realized that I don't I don't know if this was meant to be when Stu impales him with that large stick. That's exactly what happened to Vladislav when. He was with Pauline. Yes. So I don't know if that was kind of the, if that's why they chose to kill him the way it is. It's almost the same exact way. I didn't realize that till now. I
0: think it was more Stu like stepping up and finally doing something for them. Yeah. Uh, in the chaos, the vampires escape the ball with Stu and the camera crew, but encounter Anton's werewolves in the park about to transform due to the full moon. One cameraman is disemboweled by a werewolf, and Stu becomes separated from the vampires and cornered. The vampires hold Nick back, believing the werewolves are too dangerous, and they watch as Stu is viciously mauled. Believing Stu to be dead, the vampires run away and grieve for him. Steve, why don't the vampires turn into bats and fly away?
1: Well, depending on when this was shot, they might have burned through their money. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think the probably plot ran out down, of money. <laughs> which, they, which goes right into your third bullet right there. <laughs> this battle could have been better. <laughs> Maybe they ran out of money.
0: <laughs> yep. And then we get all of a sudden Deacon and Nick bond over the death of Stu, which is the touching monologue of the movie. But I don't feel it's earned at it all here. Deacon's been an asshole the whole movie and Nick has been a pain in the ass also. What wisdom do we care about with these two?
1: Well, if there was ever to be a, a moment between any of these guys, I mean, you can't have Nick and Viago. You can't have Nick and Vladislav. It has to be Nick and Deacon because those are the two that were the two young studs competing. He was always ripping on beacons. so it's like it had to come from him, even though they are the younger guys. Um, <laughs> young being hundred eighty six years old for Deacon, <laughs> You know, he's the is I don't want to say it was a little passing of the torch, but it's like a okay, I understand what you're going through type thing. It had to come from him,
0: okay. I think it should have come come from Viago. He's been talking the whole damn movie. Might as well give some more Ted Lasso like optimism here. Yeah.
1: I think Viago's just this is silly stupid. But again, I think I called Deacon the same exact thing. Y- yes. He was doing this little uh, <laughs> erotic dance for the guys <laughs> earlier on in the film. Yeah. Doesn't he say like
0: you interrupted film. my dance as I was turning them on with my erotic dance? <laughs> and oh, do v- you see as soon as he says that, Vladislav looks at Viago and kind of goes, huh?
1: Well, yeah, Nick's flying through the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. I liked it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) After a few days, Nick returns to the flat with Stu, who reveals he has survived the attack and transformed into a werewolf. With Stu's urging, the pack visits the vampires along with Stu, and Nick's banishment is rescinded as well. Though momentarily apprehensive, Deacon invites the werewolf pack inside. Viago also reconnects and rekindles his romance with Catherine, who's 90 plus whom he turns into a vampire scenes during the credits reveal that Vladislav has gotten back together with Pauline, repeating his cycle of self-inflicted torture over his relationship with her. And Jackie's husband is now serving as her familiar scenes during the credits reveal that Vladislav has gotten back together with Pauline. I just said that, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. A post credit scene shows Deacon attempting to hypnotize the audience to forget the events of the film.
1: Who changed the teleprompter? (laughs)
0: Ron Burgundy will read whatever is on there. (laughs) Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Okay. (laughs) Uh, That's the end of the movie. According to top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 91%, 40 fresh and four rotten. And the critics on average gave this film a 7.6 out of 10.
1: That's a solid C.
0: That's a solid C. Now, the critics' consensus says, quote, smarter, fresher, and funnier than a modern vampire movie has any right to be. What we do in the shadows is bloody good fun. I kind of agree agree. with all that.
1: Yep, I totally agree with everything.
0: Have we seen another vampire comedy in the last 20 years?
1: Off the top of my head, I can't think of any. I can't think of any off the top of my head. You know, the only vampire movies I can think off the top of my head at all, period. Twilight. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: those weren't them. Now they are. Now I can think of five. <laughs> I only thought of. Uh, Indeed, you red- are. Sorry. <laughs> no. I only thought of Dracula, which is freaking iconic. And. Wait, is that Bram Stoker's Dracula? Bram Stoker's. I loved it. With Keanu Reeves? Yes. <laughs> I liked it. And, and Winona Ryder? Winona Ryder, yep.
0: Can we be very fair here, Steve? When was the last time you watched that movie? A Couple of years. C- couple of years? Would you yeah, say more think- than a decade?
1: No. So- I've seen it I know, while here I Here's in Florida. Gary Oldman is awesome. I it- love Gary Oldman. But everyone else in that movie sucks. Maybe it's like the masters of the universe for me. I love oh, Franklin Langella. You've motued and... yourself.
0: <laughs> you've motued yourself. Oh, are we gonna do Bram Stoker's next? I, we should do that,
1: Steve. I mean, if we're gonna do that, I would I, I would rather do the other one, Interview with the Vampire because that is a great movie.
0: With a very young, very young Kirsten Dunst, if I believe, right?
1: Very, you know, all the actors, well, wasn't that I mean, the first movie? It could have been. Yeah. But a young Brad Pitt, a young Tom Cruise. Yes. Great, great Antonio Banderas. Oh, that's right. He was in it too.
0: Yep. You're kind of tickling my pickle here, man. I'm thinking about it. I'm all in. Okay. Well, let's see what the, the critics said about the rotten things. So Rob Nelson for Variety said, quote. Some genre fans who prefer the silly to the satiric may bite, but the anemic pick isn't remotely weird or witty enough for cult immortality. He did this in 2014. We're still talking about today. So, Rob, you wrong, brother. Yeah, really. (laughs) Uh, Kyle Smith of the New York Post said, most of the best gags are in the early going, and the film seems ever more stretched and thin as it goes on. It would have made a brilliant eight-minute sketch, though.
1: (laughs) I did like the the film. It's much better than than the middle and towards the end. Mm.
0: Kind of has a point.
1: Yeah, he kind of does.
0: Yeah. And then there's David Jenkins of Little White Lies who says, quote, obvious schoolboy humor amounts to very little indeed. No. He's a dick. Yeah. Hey, David, you're a dick. The audience score, the people, the people. Say it's a four point one out of five with eighty seven percent agreeing it's a three or higher. This is the rock. It's the people's champion.
1: Yeah, I a ten percent, almost eleven percent difference. So I mean, it's that's usually how the ratings work with Rotten Tomatoes. The critics always are a little harsher, and then you know the, the people are always a little bit better. But I think this is the fairest assessment.
0: Yeah, like uh, I don't know, Wakanda Forever.
1: Well, they were wrong on that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> the people, the te- people done messed up on that one.
0: Well, let's figure out if the awards got it right and whether this movie is worth your time or not. At the Academy Awards, it got zero nominations. At the Golden Globe, zero. At the Academy of Science Fiction, zero. MTV Movie Awards, zero. And the Raspberry Zero, this got nothing. Zero awards.
1: It was only released in seven theaters.
0: There are independent movies that are, that have even less of an audience than that that make that. It It gets something. Really? This is like everyone said, you know what, it's New Zealand, forget them. They just did the Lord of the Rings. They got enough.
1: It just didn't have enough feelings, that's all.
0: This will be the shortest shortest of the awards night right ever.
1: I I was just going to say the same thing. I don't think it deserves an award. No. It's just such a cult following.
0: Okay. Top three, bottom three, where we talk about the three things we want to highlight in the movie, and then we go over the three things that are bad, unforgivable, or downright travesties. We'll start with the top three, and I'll go first. My number three, the sketches all work well together. Not so much with a real through line, but Spinal Tap and Popstar are kind of in a league of their own at this point. My number two, the police welfare check. I could watch that scene over and over again because I feel like when the police officers show up, the woman who is speaking, she is so funny in how dry she is with everything she's talking about in that. Like, she's playing it as straight as ever, and it's some of the funniest stuff I've heard amongst the situation she's in.
1: Yeah, it's a lot like, I mean, I know it's in New Zealand without Australia, but it was almost exactly like what British humor is.
0: Yes, yeah. And my number one, the reveal of the beast. It's such a buildup up. To lead to it just being an ex-girlfriend. And what I love, it's only mentioned sporadically. Like it's almost like Thanos level seeds that are planted throughout the movie. Yeah. But it's built up and it's a it's a cheap joke at the end, but the execution of it is brilliant. You don't see it coming at all. And I love that it's a brilliant move. And if there's one crowning achievement of this movie, it's the when people think of this movie, they think the beast, it's his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, like that. That's, I mean, that's the big thing about it.
1: I'm sure there's a bunch of guys out there who have those nasty ex girlfriends that just, you know, think of them like the beast. They would relate a lot to Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Steve, what are your top three? My number three is the flatmate ecosystem <laughs> <laughs> and how they all coexist with each other. Not only, I think, especially when they start cleaning the house mm-hmm. and who makes this and who does that all the way down to like, you know, like I said earlier, like Viago, he's the neat freak, yes. you know? And then, so yeah, just saw that e- whole ecosystems and how they work with each other. And then Peter who lives in a rock in the basement does nothing. <laughs> um, my number two is Taika Waititi. This is what he is meant to do. This is his humor. This is his wheelhouse. Not <laughs> thunder. Boo! Boo! I'm going to have my voice. But I think you knew that. I did know that. God, My number one is the writing. Obviously, being a mockumentary, comedy is everywhere. But man, it's just almost perfectly placed humor every single time. I do have an honorable mention for this one. Oh, there's and more. Yes, and it's the length of this movie. It's just absolutely perfect. I couldn't believe after I sat down and watched this. And <laughs> It's only an hour and a half. It, it, it is, and it feels like, it felt like a lot less than that, but right at the very end, there's like five minutes left in the film. All of a sudden, I hear my bedroom door open, <laughs> and my two-year-old daughter is walking in. I'm like, Crap! <laughs> you know, <laughs> pause this. And I'm like, I can't remember what comes up next. Right. But, and then like, after she was done taking care of, I turn it on. I was like, Oh, that's the end. We're done. Okay. <laughs> um, y- you know what? You can sit down. You can watch it really quick. Quip. You can watch it really quick and take a crap load of laughs out of it. Yes. It will not consume a lot of your time. That's why I love it.
0: Okay. Well, Steve, it's time for the bottom three. Now, uh, my number three, what is the documentary for? Who is funding it and why? And if something is funding it, then the vampires are clearly not hidden, but are in the open. That is a massive plot hole in this movie. My number two, if you're not into vampires, it's probably a hard watch. It's not super accessible to all audiences. Yeah. And my number one, the plot mistake at the end where the vampires bring Stu to the all the vampire party, contradictory to what we've seen in the movie to that point. Those are my three. Steve, hit me with your exotic dance.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Let's start with that. Number three, Beacon and his humor. It, it's just stupid humor. And sometimes it doesn't fit well, i.e., his little exotic dance that he does. It's it just rubs it off. I would. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I just that was me. It was you. <laughs> it kind of rubs it off.
0: <laughs> you are a soundbite now, my friend.
1: It's kinda just, it just rubs the right spot for it. <laughs> <laughs> I um it's just awkward and weird and it's I, I did not I did not like that. Um, Number two, killing Peter so quickly. I would have liked to see him and how he reacts to the werewolves. Mm. Like even like when they come in the house, like obviously you have the rivalry of the vampires and the werewolves Yeah. and him being so old as he is, if he would have just completely gone off or something, I don't know.
0: He probably would have killed everybody in the house.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That'd have been cool to see. But I think you and I talked about this last time was um, we wanted to keep the vampire and the werewolf still a budding, still a rivalry and not a friendship. Right. So maybe they could have like, okay, we're going to come over to the house and all of a sudden Peter comes out and like kills a bunch of werewolves. And then boom, (laughs) they're right right back where they started. And, um, okay. My number one, yeah, Nick, yep, he's just a guy you want to punch in the face. Every time he opens his mouth, I agree. Especially when he's on the on the bar crawl. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. And all this other stuff. It's like, dude, shut up. And the fact that he runs into a guy, he goes, Oh yeah, I'm a vampire hunter. Oh yeah, okay, whatever. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> blah blah blah. You know, catch you later. You know, and then he actually ends up doing. It's like, ha, ah, see, that's what you freaking get. Exactly.
0: All right. Well, it is time for the critics' rating. A to F scale, C is considered average. A plus is the highest, F is the lowest. If the movie is so bad it receives S from all the hosts, it goes to the movie planet Global Killer, where we just inducted Jurassic World Dominion, uh, where you can watch it ironically and have an amazing time at how bad it is. So the question is, what do you give 2014s What We Do in the Shadows in the mockumentary movie genre by today's standards? And I shall go first since you nominated it, you get the last word. So here we go. <clears throat> Take Taika Waititi comedically speaking is a brilliant director and this was his third film should he have been handed the reins of the thor franchise absolutely not but we'll wait until the multiverse saga is over before we talk about that here we are and we've been inundated with vampires in so many different ways from the brutal in 30 days of night to the super kind and romantic twilight sparkles is there an original idea for vampires Well, here it is, vamps in regular situations. It's the Seinfeld of vampire movies. Hilariously funny, but ultimately about nothing. But isn't that the point of a mockumentary? It's a departure that doesn't just make fun of its subject matter, but the medium itself of the documentary movie. It is a small cast, but with the material given, it is a capable cast with solid comedic chops. Nearly all the jokes land, mostly because they refrain from pop culture jokes beyond the internet Facebook joke about poking. I don't think you can do that anymore. However, there is a couple of issues with this movie. One of the pitfalls that mockumentaries have to avoid involves the story structure. With a, without a solid through line behind the funny moments you are witnessing, it can seem more like a series of sketches and less a documentary that is trying to tell a story. With Spinal Tap, the motivation for the documentary was to tell the story of a band that fell apart and ultimately were able to come back together. With Popstar, the mockumentary again makes sense because we are so used to seeing documentaries on bands because they are of interest to the public. It followed the same template as Spinal Tap, so it worked. With What We Do in the Shadows, there's two things that are missing. One, the motivation for making the documentary, like who's behind it and won't this fly in the face of staying in the shadows? And two, general interest by the public for this to even be made. They would have to know then. To me, this is less a mockumentary movie and more an extended SNL sketch making fun of vampires using The Office as a template. Which explains why the ending is a little messy. When you start writing the script with, wouldn't it be funny if this happened with vampires? And then someone else says, ooh, I have an idea. What if the same vampires did this too? And three or four more of these ideas come up and then somebody in the room says, uh... So so how, how do we make a cohesive movie about this? Mockumentary. And that's where the creative process ended. Well, overall, I think this movie is one of the better examples of the mockumentary, however. And this one, because it's been stripped down all the way to its skeleton, its bare essentials of what a mockumentary should be, considering the budget and the caliber of cast. So for me, this movie is a... B plus for me in the mockumentary genre. Steve, what
1: is, what say you, my friend? I'll tell you, after listening to that, I think I changed my grade in my head. Um, So, well, we'll see. Maybe after I read mine, it'll it'll go back to where I originally thought it, but who knows? Who knows? So before I started this movie, it was around dinner time sitting at the table and I decided to watch the first eight minutes. That I looked up on YouTube, it's like, you know what, I gotta watch this movie soon, let's, let's see what the intro is, so I just clicked on it. After four minutes, I knew I was going to be watching this movie tonight because the first four minutes are absolutely hilarious. I was dialed in, I was ready. I think I vaguely remember the first time that I saw this, I was laughing out loud hysterically, probably to the point of tears, And the more I watch this movie, the more little things I start to notice. And now I'm still laughing out loud. (laughs) If anything, I'm pretty sure my wife gives me looks while I'm laughing out loud watching this movie. She was that night. This is so hard not to recommend. It's so hard not to recommend this movie to watch because it is so funny. I'm telling it to all my buddies at school. This is Taiko Waititi at his best. This is his kind of humor. There may be one part of this movie that's kind of has a little comedy lame, but the other 95% is to me is comedy gold. But I got to keep myself in check because this is a mockumentary, not a comedy. <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly think one of the best things is the length of this movie is so short that it makes it even more enjoyable. I guess I'm at a point where I'm used to watching movies that are over two hours or so long. It's this kind of might be a little refreshing. And I think this is a good representation of what you feel like after watching this. You laugh your ass off and it's very refreshing. So if you ever have a crappy day and you just come home after work and you just, you know, I know there's a handful of teachers out there that can probably relate that the kids are yawning, not doing what you want to do, and you just feel like junk. Turn this movie on, and your day will instantly be better. This is a type of movie I do believe you just need to shut your brain off and enjoy something that could look stupid to other people, but you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. It's a mockumentary. It's supposed to make fun of things. Some people this works for, some people it doesn't. My wife thinks it's stupid all around, but <laughs> to me, it's a B plus. Okay, a B plus.
0: It's a B plus all around, which makes it a B plus grade. Just, un- it's underneath Spinal Tap. I think it should be underneath the Spinal Tap. And there's room yes. in between there to, pr- to put things in, but there's also room below it. There are some shitty mockumentaries out there also. Uh, This is definitely above average.
1: I originally had this going in as an a minus. Yeah. But when I heard your final grade and then even listening to my final grade, I knocked it down to what I originally had because I looked at it as a comedy. Yeah. And as a mockumentary, it made me start thinking of how spinal tap was and how pop star was now my knowledge of mockumentaries is very short it's very small yeah those are the only three i think i think i've seen i mean you rambled off two of them borat and bruno and i never seen those so call it a naive knowledge of mockumentaries but you know when we do pop star you're familiar of. with that oh yeah and i absolutely love that and i, I totally agree the uh, Format was exactly like Spinal Tap when you said that. I was like, "Yep,
0: yeah, that's and, awesome." And Pop Star will probably be somewhere in between Spinal Tap and what we do in the shadows. Yes, critics. Oh well. So if we go back to the Pantheon, we know it's Spinal Tap number one. It's now uh, what we do in the shadows number two. Critics hats off. Do you love this movie? Like this movie, or none of the above? And I'm going to say, I love this movie, <laughs> but I have to drop it down a like because of. Fucking Taika Waititi. okay. There it is. He's. I, I'm gonna. I like it, and I'm knocking down points because Taika's face is in it, and I hate his face. Okay, Steve, go.
1: <laughs> I'll see. Originally, when I typed this, I, I really, I was just like you. I just, I love it, but I, I, I can't even do that. Can, can I just do like? I don't want to do. I like it. I don't want to do that. I definitely like it. Does that make? Does, does that? Nope. That, that might be. Oh. Well, I liked it and I will still recommend it to everybody.
0: It's a, for me, I don't recommend it to everybody. I recommend it to guys. Yes. This is very much a guy's movie. Okay. Yeah. And I recommend it to girls who enjoy guy humor because girls who don't understand guy humor or don't like guy humor, they're going to hate this movie.
1: Yeah. That does make sense because I did recommend this to my mother and I think she watched the first 10 minutes of it. And I don't think she watched the rest of it that way. Yeah. She doesn't get that. Okay. Right. Yeah, but I, I recommend it to the guys at school. So there you go. Shout out to Troy and Danny and Kai. Dean Shazo. Yep. <laughs> and, and Kai.
0: <laughs> the Kai guy. Okay. Well, that's all we got time for today. Movie Planeteers. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean and give us a four or five star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders, They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Steve, any
1: last words? Unfortunately, you can't see me, but goodbye, ladies.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening and happy movie watching. We're out. See you.